Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. And here is Pastor Gary Tony. Good to see you guys this morning. You doing all right? Yeah? Okay. I know that, um, you know, last week, th- thank you, Michelle. Last week I was out, Tracy and I, we took a little break. She had some time off work. And so we were able to, you know, just go eat a lot. <laughs> Is that okay? And here's the thing, this talk that I'm uh, introducing this morning, I, uh, it's been on my heart for some time, and so when you see the title, The Abraham Covenant, don't, uh, don't just go Old Testament on me, I, I need you to, to be open to something today. I think the Lord has given me a revelation for the church today. Should you be willing to accept it? You know what I've learned over the years, though? A lot of times we're not. Okay, don't get too excited. (laughs) We're we're not open to accept the things that, you know. Throughout the entire Old Testament, the prophets of God were shunned and rejected and killed and tortured and persecuted. And I'm not calling myself a prophet, but I am prophesying some things from the Word of God because when I speak the Word, I'm speaking prophecy. And as I begin to think about things, the Lord uh, began to bring some revelation to me. So we'll, we'll pray and we'll unpack this a little bit today. Uh, before we do, I, I know it, that it happened this, this weekend, but I want to take a second because I believe we live in the greatest nation on the planet. Yeah. And there are men and women that, uh, that have, are veterans that have served our country willfully and laid their lives and their families' lives on the line so we have what we have. So veterans, thank you. Thank you so much. Man, you guys are awesome. I love our armed forces. I love our law enforcement. If you don't, well, you might as well uh, get over it because you're going to have a hard time here. Uh, You know, uh, I can remember growing up, my, my dad was a police officer. Now, my dad wasn't in my life he left early. I was a little kid, but I remember him. I was old enough to remember him coming home with that uniform on. Man, it was the coolest thing ever. I thought he was all that and then, and until he left. And then I was mad at him, you know. <laughs> but but I, I have a, a, a deep respect for the people that uh, willingly uh, make that sacrifice. And so if you know veterans, you, you let them know today. Bless them. Do something for them. Amen? All right. Let's pray and get into it. Father, thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, today teach us, give us balance in this message of revelation and truth that allows us to do, to represent in such a way that we bring glory to the kingdom. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for the privilege of serving you. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Here's the thing. It was a few weeks ago, I don't know, maybe a month ago, um, I had made a statement in one of my sermons about how the people of God, how Christians were grafted into the line of God, to the family of God, to the people of God, to the Jewish people. And I just went on, you know, because it's over in the book of Romans, and we'll get into that hopefully today, should the Lord uh, allow us to get that far. But I had someone ask me about that statement, grafted in. 
and as, uh, as I begin to think about it, man, this thing just to begin to, uh, you know, the Lord just, the, the, the revelation he began to show me on this subject, well, it kind of inspired me to take a closer look at, maybe I should say it like this, God inspired me to, to take a 50,000 foot view, a different perspective on what's going on in our nation today, what's going on on the planet today. If you'll remember in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus made this statement. He was talking to the Pharisees at that time, and he says, You all know how to discern the sky and the clouds and the things going on, and you can discern the the weather patterns. But you can't discern the times of the season you're in. The Messiah was standing in front of them, the most religious, the the, the most grounded biblical people on the planet, and they could not recognize the time they were in. See, our job as believers is to recognize if Jesus expected the generation that he came to the planet the first time in to recognize him showing up, how many of you believe then we should recognize when he comes back? Now, I'm not talking about dates and all that nonsense. We're living in a season, and and I want to caution you as we unpack this, because it seems like every time something goes on in Israel, all the end time people want to start talking about stuff. Well, it's this time, it's this time. Listen, you don't know what time. Jesus himself said, you're not going to know the time. But you should be aware of things and be prepared. And and you've heard me say this before. Let's not be so occupied with him coming back. Let's be more occupied with us being here doing something when he comes back. You okay with that? And so you and I knowing this, that we have been grafted into this way of life, into the people of God. It's from that point that I begin to look at this. and, And because of what Jesus accomplished at the cross... Establishing a new and better covenant, say covenant, we have this opportunity, I should say it like this, maybe we have to see this reality that God doesn't change, you all. Y'all know that, right? Now, he, he, he has created a new and better covenant for us, and I have titled this talk, The Abraham covenant because if you go back because everything in the old testament points to the new you do understand that right everything about abraham's life abraham is called the father of faith for a reason the abraham covenant was before the law of moses you got that so when you look at the abraham covenant it is a covenant of faith to begin with you must believe these things and in the new covenant that Now, when Jesus says that he has eliminated the old, he's talking about the old way of obtaining the things of God. God doesn't change. You've heard me use this illustration before. Let's say I've got a $100 bill and a $50 bill. Which one y'all want? (laughs) See, it's not a trick question, is it? You know why? Because the 100 has the 50 in it plus. It's a new and better of what God made available. And see, in, the, in, in today's culture, in the American church, I am telling you, we have gotten very casual in who we are. 
Now, we're not questioning. Understand, please get this today. I, I've got to take my time with this because when you deal with a subject like this, it can be very confusing. Especially if you have read in Romans, Romans chapter 8, 9, 10, and 11. And then we'll talk about that today. But you realize that the Holy Spirit was, was trying to help the church understand what Jesus accomplished. We're such religious people today. You know, we've, I talk about denominational stuff all the time, but I believe God's helping us to move past that. You know, that's just a bunch of a pride and arrogance on humans' part to, to elevate that above what God is doing. But when we realize what, uh, what the Lord accomplished through Jesus, he made a way for us to be, and, and that's really where the statement comes in in the book of Romans, where we could be grafted in. Now, you understand, to be grafted in, there has to be cutting, there, there is sacrifice. And if you think back, because the reason that God did this was his people were so rebellious. Y'all know anybody like that? Yeah? The people of God, now if you follow the people of God, and we'll look, at, we'll look at it in this talk today, but the people of God, they were repeatedly so rebellious, and every time they would get to the point where it was so bad, where God removed his grace from their life, I mean, the enemy came in and wreaked havoc in their life. And that would force them to repent. But it would only happen for a season. It's, it's interesting, Gravy. Some of the, something I've learned over my journey as a pastor People really press in when things aren't going right. People really press into God when they're in the middle of a storm. But you know when they forget about God, Annie, is when everything is going great. When all your bills is paid, all, you're walking in the blessing of God, you're enjoying everything, and, and God takes a back seat to everything that we are. And that is America right now. Now, I'm not questioning. Now, now, thank you, Lord. Because I know, I've, I've read comments and I know there are teachings out there, God is judging America. No, that is not what's happening here. America has the body of Christ saturated in our nation to such a degree. I mean, listen, he, sp he would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah if he could have found one righteous. Well, we got, we got plenty right here. Now, is there a consequence for dumbness? 100%. There is always consequence. If you, play, if you go play in the devil's playground, you know, it's like little kids. you like, now don't, don't, don't touch the, the stove. Huh? Don't play next to the electric fence. You ever had, I don't know about you all, but as a boy, you want to find out what it, what, what, what's it feel like. <laughs> After one time, you don't do it anymore, right? It'd be like, It'd be like playing next to the snake pit. Don't go over there. But you know what we do? We do it. We continually go where we're not supposed to. I don't know what. I guess it's that fallen human nature about us that wants to do that. What you and I have to understand is we have been grafted into the family of God. Guys, get this. There is only, <clears throat> there's only one bloodline. 
Now, as we talk about this, I want you to kind of, if you will, compartmentalize spirit world, natural world. Okay? Because if you're born again, which one you belong to? See, we, we, have, okay, we have good church answers. We know that we belong to the spirit world. But according to Romans 8, how many of you walk in the spirit? Every now and then, maybe. But Paul says those who walk in the spirit, they set their mind, Romans 8, they set their mind on the things of the spirit. And those who walk in the flesh or those who yield to your human nature, well, that's what you think about. Can I give you an example? Y'all know how I am, right? I don't talk about you. I'm going to talk about me. My staff got me a little basket of, of goodies the other day. And I guess, I guess Amanda thought she would, she, she got me a couple of things that were sugar-free. I guess that, that, was, that made it okay. <clears throat> right? But then I am, uh, Tracy's in bed and I'm watching, I forget what I was watching. And there's this bag of barbecue potato chips in there. <laughs> Gary! <laughs> Gary! And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. No, no, I didn't even say that. I'm like, hello? <laughs> Barbecue chips, I hear you calling. <laughs> right? That, I'm telling you, when you give in to that flesh, that human nature, those desires, because they will fight you tooth and nail. And when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to being a spiritual person, not a religious person, when it comes to being a spiritual person, not a religious person. There is some intention, there's some intentionality that has to play out here. You've got to be on purpose, not from some legalistic religious approach. You're a new creation in Christ, and you have to learn how to walk in spirit stuff just like you learn how to walk in natural things. We are born of a new bloodline. There is only one family, and that family is the seed of Abraham. The seed of Abraham. And I talk to a lot of Christians, they don't even have a clue who Abraham is. But when you look at that line, that, if you actually think about it, the seed of Abraham goes all the way back to Adam. And then, of course, Adam fell. He really didn't fall, he rebelled. It's always been rebellion. It's always been that way. If you look in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul actually tells us, he says, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. There's only one family. See, guys, you're either part of God's family or you're part of the kingdom of darkness. Now, I know there are people in this room and people that follow and listen that are of a good moral compass. And on the surface, they say, oh, yeah, I love Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, you do what I say. Real simple. Not legalistic, love. See, if you love somebody, you're looking out for them. You want what's best for them. You see, when it comes to the things of God, understanding that there's only one line of people This is why we have to be patient with people. This is why we have to share the gospel with people. If you go back and you look, well, let let me go ahead and give you this. Your homework this week is Romans. How many should I give (laughs) y'all? 
I'm going to be talking out of Romans 11. But let me, let me set this up for you because Paul is writing this letter to the Roman church, but you have to understand the overwhelming majority of people in the Roman church, they are Jewish people. Okay? Now, there are Gentiles that are being born again, and they're coming into the church. But listen, most of the people that are out there starting churches, they're Jewish people. You, you understand? Seed of Abraham people in the natural. You got that? And so Paul is writing this letter trying to explain to them the transition and what is taking place. And in Romans 8, he talks about the spiritual life. He talks about being spiritual and how you do that. And he said, those of us that are of the spirit, there is no condemnation for us because we're in Christ. And then he goes right into chapter 9, and he, he, he makes one of the most radical statements I've ever seen in my life. He said, if I could, I would give up my relationship with Christ that my Jewish brothers could be saved. I read that, and I'm like, what? What is he, you understand what he's saying? He would give up his own eternity that his Jewish brothers could be saved. And then in chapter 10, he says, my prayer is that all of my Jewish brothers are saved, that they get saved. See, there are some people that think if you're a Jew, you're automatically in. No, you're not. Jesus said there's only one way to the Father, <clears throat> and that's through me. Now, make no mistake, the Jewish people will get their opportunity because there are millions of Jewish people that don't know anything about God. They don't even believe that the Messiah came. You understand that? And they are practicing a religion. But they're still God's people. You're in the natural, in the natural. Say natural. natural. But spiritually speaking, you have to understand there is a different family. There is only one bloodline, and that's the bloodline of Jesus. His blood is what made us new. Y'all okay so far? Now, something you have to understand in the natural, when you look at scriptures, the, the Apostle Paul actually shows us this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, give no offense to the Jew, to the Gentile, or to the church. So he lists three groups of people that are on the planet right now. There is the Jew. There is the Gentile. The Gentile, that word simply means ungodly. And then there's the church. There's the Jew. The, the church and the ungodly. And there are things going on on the planet right now. There are things going on in the nation of Israel right now that may appear like they're wrong. Quiet, boy. Oh, so here's the thing. God help me with this. If you're watching mainstream news, you have no clue what's going on in, in Israel. You cannot, guys, it is a propaganda arm. You cannot watch it. You cannot. I am telling you from the depths of my soul, you cannot watch mainstream stuff. The, the, Satan owns them. And they are only allowed to say what they've been scripted to say. They show pictures of brutal things that are going on that didn't even happen. So, so if that's you today, stop doing that because that is the seed of Satan sowing confusion in your life. I know that there are radical people all over our nation protesting. And half these woke college kids don't even know what they're protesting. They don't have a clue what's going on. They don't know what Palestine even stands for. 
Now, there are good Palestinian people. Don't misunderstand me. We're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But make no mistake, there is a terrorist organization. How did I get in this? Good grief, man. Wow. I'm trying to be spiritual up here. But, I, but you all need to know. The reason we're having this conversation is because you need to be able to have a conversation at the table at Frisch's. Did he say Frisch's? Yes, baby. Big boy. Big boy, yeah. Huh? What, where, in the break room, you need to be able to have conversations about subjects like this because the world, if, if they can't look to the church for truth, you know what's left? The kingdom of darkness, and it will confuse the heck out of them, and that's what's happening. So you and I knowing that we have been grafted into the people of God, make no mistake, they may be persecuting Jewish people today, but who you think you are? If you read your homework, now I, when you get in it, you're going to have all kinds of questions because it is some of the most confusing chapters in the Bible. Romans 8, 9, 10, 11, and then when you, when you get at the end of 11, Paul, now you understand, it's a letter. It's not, it's not broken down in chapters. And so it, that's why when Paul goes right into chapter 12, he says, I'm begging you, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present yourself to God a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your service. And don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by renewing you. See, he says that at the end of what he just got through talking about, about us being grafted in to the line of God's people. We are Jewish people in the spirit. I know, I, I know that's a harsh statement. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> and you have to understand something, that there are people all over this planet that are struggling with this right now because they don't have truth on some of these things. There is the Jewish people, there is the Gentile, the ungodly, and there is the church. And the revelation, you got to get this, the revelation of eternity, it all hinges on what perspective you see things from. Because right now, the church is the only one that has a functioning relationship with God. Are you with me? Yeah, but the Jewish people are God. I know, but all you got to do is study the Old Testament. They were separated from God more than they were with God. We just went through this in the book of... Hey, guy, now as we move forward with this, I'm hoping the Lord lets me get into the book of Ezra because Ezra is a pretty profound book on what's taking place as the people of God are continually rebuilding the city of God. Y'all know where the city of God is? Where, where's, anybody know where it's at? It's in Jerusalem. When I ask you, you can answer. <laughs> the city of God, is it Georgetown? No. <laughs> Jerusalem is the city of God, and, and we'll get into this in great detail, because I know there are different groups of people that think that parts of it belong to them, and in the natural, they may have some right to some of that, but, but, but according to the Abrahamic covenant, they don't. That's exactly right, Jack. But what I want you to understand, that there's a time coming when the Jewish people in the natural, they will have their opportunity. But right now, it is only through Christ that you are saved. That's what Romans, when you go through your homework, you're going to read. We quote it all the time, Romans 10, 9, that you believe in your heart that Jesus is alive. 
and you confess with your mouth and you will be saved. That's how it works. But for right now, those of us who are in Christ, what you need to leave out of your understanding today is you are the seed of Abraham today. So let's, let's get into it a little bit. Let's go to Romans chapter 11. I want to show you where I found this statement at. You doing okay? I want to use the New Living. I just got a couple passages I want to highlight real quick. Let's, let's, Romans eleven sixteen. 16, now the New Living, it says this. And since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Just as the, now, now you understand, we are the seed of Abraham, those of us who are in Christ. Christ has made us holy. And just as the batch of dough is holy because a portion given as an offering is holy, Jesus said it like this. He said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. See, if you put yeast in flour, you can't separate it. If, if everything that you, I mean, I make my own pizza dough. And I got this little container that I put it in, and it's got a little valve that will let the pressure off, but it, because it grows inside there. That dough does. I'll be sitting in there, all of a sudden the lid will pop off of it and scare the heck out of me. Huh? Something's going on in there. That's what God wants you to understand. He goes on to say, for if the root of the tree is holy, then the branches will be too. But some of these branches... From Abraham's tree, some of the people of Israel, <coughs> they've been broken off. Remember what Jesus said in John? He said, if a tree doesn't bear, bear fruit, if a branch doesn't bear fruit, you break it off and you go throw it into the fire. Yeah? And then he says, and you Gentiles, you ungodly heathens, who were branches from a wild tree, you have been grafted in. So now, because you are grafted in, you receive the blessing God has promised Abraham and his children. You share in the rich nourishment from the root of God's special tree. See, guys, we are living, I need you to understand this today. We are living in a time in history where the people of God should have a better understanding of what's going on around us. God needs us as his ambassadors, those of us that represent the kingdom. He needs us in a willing, offensive position, being able to represent the kingdom of heaven. And we do it in such a way that we implement, that we introduce, we enforce change. See, I, I can tell you that in my own journey, as God begins showing me some of these things, there will come times in your life when you're going to have to make a stand. I mean, think about this for a second. This, this terrorist group, they, they killed, on their first attack, they killed 1,400 people, massacred. I mean, some of it was brutal stuff. And here's the thing, we think, oh, that's terrible. But it was over there. What if it wasn't? Listen to me very carefully. What if it wasn't over there? What if it was at our state line? You still okay with it? You think a protest is going to help? 
There's this beautiful story in the, in the book of Nehemiah when the people, <laughs> thank you, Lord, when the people of God go back to build the, the city walls of Jerusalem, the city of God in Jerusalem. That's where? In Israel. Yeah. And they're back and they're building the city and the enemy is threatening and harassing. And Nehemiah, who is the, the governor at that time, he hasn't been officially titled that, but that's the role he's operating in. He says, boys, from now on, here's what you need to do. Because you're working and the enemy's trying to invade and threaten. He said, you get your shovel and you get your gun. I mean, sword. They didn't have guns back then. <laughs> he said, get strapped up and go to work. I'm like, preacher, what are you saying? You know what I'm saying. There was a time when the people of God went to work with their weapons on. Are you saying that's going to, what's going to happen here? I'm not saying that, but it's happening over there right now. How many of you all, let me ask you this. How many of you all, when you buy property over here, Wendy, how many houses do you sell that has a bomb shelter in it? If you buy one in Israel, it comes with a bomb shelter. Why? Because that's the land they live in. There is a real devil that hates the people of God, and he has from the beginning. And this has nothing to do with a, a, a tribe or a territory. This is, the, this is the kingdom of darkness, and he despises anything that God touches. And I know we live in the land of the free, in the home of the brave. I hope there's still some brave ones here. I believe there is. But we have taken the favor and the blessing and the protection of God for granted. And we've got a bunch of entitled people that don't have a clue what's going on in the world and think we owe them something. And we don't. And if we don't make a shift, we're going to look up one day and the enemy is going to be in our camp. I know somebody all looking at me like, well, what's this got to do with my Christian life? Everything when they come to you. I know you think you're exempt right now, but what about your grandkids? Because if we don't make the change, they won't have a land of free. I got something right, some looking at me with the pharisaical look like, I don't like any of this. Well, you should probably pray for me then because I'm not changing. <laughs> I know some of you clapping, some of you like, I don't know. And I realize, guys, in the natural there are Jewish people that haven't accepted Jesus yet, but they're still God's people. Huh? They, they, matter of fact, they refuse to even consider such a thought, such a reality that Christ has already come. But remember Jesus, he, he made it very clear. He said they have eyes but can't see. They have ears but can't hear. Why? Because they have hard hearts. This is why the Apostle Paul, now, in, in our uh, equip classes, we're talking about the book of Acts. And, uh, uh, you know, those, those are some detailed stories that you need to go look at in your study time. I know that John and, and Will and Cody, they're doing an excellent job with that. But when you see these things take place, you must understand that Paul was one of them. He was a Jew. Paul was a Pharisee. Paul was a terrorist killing Christians. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if that was going on in, in Kentucky? See, we don't even think about that kind of stuff, do we? We never think about it because we pillow our head at night because God has, I, I heard a minister the other day, he said, guys, prophetically, 
the United States of America is a picture of the promised land because Israel failed. And I'm like, man, there could be some truth to that. I mean, you think about it. You look at America. Why does everybody want to come here? Hmm? See, Paul, a, a Pharisee, got born again, and he begins to pray for the people of God. Pray for his Jewish people. That He said, my heart's desire is that, that and prayer to God is that Israel be saved. You got to remember this, though, you all. There's only, there's only one family in heaven and on earth. So make no mistake, when you're grafted in, you can look at the line of people in the Abraham covenant and you can see the blessing of God. If you want to know what your life should look like, go look at the Abraham covenant. And we're going to, I'm going to give you some stuff. I probably won't get into a lot of it today. But you have to understand that God works through people. So don't confuse. If you're watching what's going on right now in Israel, don't confuse the people in charge of a current nation like Israel with the covenant of God. Are there corrupt people in our government? I'm sorry. I was <laughs> my, my, my bad. Listen, it's the same. They have them too in Israel. So you can't look at an at a acting government current and judge the covenant of God because what you see. Now, we'll deal with Israel as we kind of go through this and unpack it. Uh, the other thing I want you to do is this. Don't make the mistake of entertaining thoughts that God has abandoned us as a nation either because there's some stuff going on in our nation that is ungodly and, and twisted and corrupt. Psalm 33 says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I can tell you right now, God is the Lord of this nation. Amen. Now, I know, there are, I know there are groups of anti-Christ people here. I get it. But that's everywhere, you all. But you need to understand, you know, the thing that, that a born-again believer has to realize, there are more born-again believers in this nation than all the rest of the planet combined. Did you know that? Did you know that we are, <clears throat> in a sense, we are the arm of the Great Commission for God. We send more people around the planet with the gospel than any, any, anyone. We have the power of God working in our nation. The unfortunate reality, and I talked about this in great detail in our Gatekeeper series, most of us as church people, we're so inclusive. We come gather in our four walls and we like our group. And we don't care about anybody else, not even somebody down the street. And I think God's going to help us change some of that. I think we need to learn how to flow together as one body of believers. You know, there were 12 tribes of, of the, 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 the sons of Jacob. Y'all know what God changed Jacob's name to? Israel. Now, I know there were different tribes, and they did different things. They had different roles, and that's going to be the same with churches. Maybe my role right now, that's something that God's leading us into, is talking about some of these things, prepping you all. I know some of y'all, Pastor, I just need a, I need a good life lesson. Man, I have taught life lessons since I've been a pastor. You can fill in the blanks with the rest of that. Because some people don't change. 
I get up here and preach one of the best life lessons, some spiritual application on things, and, and then what are you talking about? I think you know how to be a good moral person. I think you know. I think, remember Paul said there's, there's some people that he fed with milk and not solid food? Well, this is, this is more of a, this is not a milk message, you all. That's why I pray that you're okay with this. Yeah? I think that sometimes God will challenge us a little bit to step out of our comfort zone and do some things for the kingdom of God. Those of us that have been born again, the book of Hebrews makes it abundantly clear that Jesus has become the mediator of, of a new covenant for us. A new and better covenant. Chapter 7 tells us that Jesus is actually the one that guarantees the covenant. Then why are you calling it the Abraham covenant? Because the Abraham covenant sets precedent. It is the standard. It is Jesus stepped in and fulfilled all of that making it available for us. In the Old Testament, those are things when you begin to get into the laws of Moses, there was only one way to uh, apply those things into your life. But Abraham did it by faith. Matter of fact, when you go look at the life of Abraham, Abraham met Melchizedek. Come, think about this for a second. <laughs> I had looked at this story. Abraham, the, and we'll get into the blessing a little bit, but Abraham was pretty blessed. The dude had almost, <clears throat> Jackie had almost 400 servants. In other words, he had, what was it, 350? 350 staff members. Abraham had 350 people on staff in his own camp. And then one of, I forget who it was that they, they, uh, they captured one of the, I don't remember who it was that they captured, but Abraham took his staff and went and defeated an army. Was it Lot, his nephew? Yeah. And so Abraham, he had to go rescue Lot, so he takes his staff. So what's that let you know? That his staff wasn't just pouring tea. That's right. That's right, Austin. They, they, were, they were ready. And they went in and took care of business and got Lot, which was a knucklehead. Huh? Listen, here's the thing about Lot. If you go study that, Lot wasn't God didn't tell God didn't tell Abraham to take Lot. Go check the story out. Abraham felt sorry for Lot, but God didn't tell him. God, when God came to Abraham, he said, you come with me and you leave the land that, that I'm, and come where I'm going to show you. He didn't say, go get, go get Lot. But Lot got the blessing by association, huh? Until he was rebellious and wanted it his own way, and then Abraham had to go get him. But when Abraham came back from defeating this massive army, he runs into Melchizedek, a priest that has no beginning or end. What's that mean? That's right. Well, we don't know. That's what it says. It doesn't say anything else about it other than he's a type of Jesus. And so he meets Melchizedek, and in an order of faith and obedience, he gives Melchizedek the tithe of, of the spoils that he got. See, Jesus is of the order of Melchizedek. In Hebrews chapter 8, Jesus is the mediator of a better covenant established on better promises. He goes on to say that when God speaks of this new covenant, it means he's taken the old one out of the way, and now you have this brand new one. And Jesus... Now, I know Jesus, the man, had a beginning. Remember, he was the baby in the manger. We're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Jesus. But he's not the baby anymore. I need you to understand something. He is the king of kings right now. 
And like John was talking about in his message on Sunday, John did a great job Sunday, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. But John was talking about Jesus, and he stood up when Stephen was getting stoned. See, I need you to, I need you to see that picture because there are Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and he is no longer the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. He is now the king. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he is just waiting for the, go ahead, son. You know what's next in the line of the prophetic calendar of God's people? What was it, Jack? The rapture. The rapture of the church is next. And I know some of you don't believe in the rapture. Okay. <laughs> That's like people that don't believe in God. <laughs> you will. You know, you, you know the old saying, there's no atheist in a foxhole? Yeah. Like, man, can you pray to your God? <laughs> Where you want me to pray, brother? <laughs> that I don't die? Because <laughs> they know something. Why do they know something? Because everybody sucking air is God made. Now, they may be rebellious. They may not want anything to do with God. They may reject everything about God. But when the rubber meets the road and you're in the foxhole and the bombs are dropping near you, all of a sudden you have something different that rises up. You know why? Because God made you. God made you. And this is the thing that you and I have to understand. And so when we're able to sit down at a coffee shop or sit down and, and not being offensive and disrespectful and rude, we do everything in love. But we do it in love full of the authority of the Holy Spirit. You understand that? And you sit down and you can have conversations with people. When they ask you, well, what's, what's going on? Why is that happening over there? The reason it's happening over there is because there is a real kingdom of darkness, you all. If you look at history, Palestine, Palestine is part of the promised land. You understand that? But that little strip of land where Gaza and all that is, that little section was given to the Palestinian people by this demon-possessed Roman emperor because he was mad at the Jewish people because he was demon-possessed. And he was wanting to prove a point to God, and, and they called him Philistines or Palestinians, and the root of that is the Philistines, and they were doing it to mock God. But you know what? Sometimes God will raise up somebody to kill some Philistines. What? Have y'all ever read David? I'm talking about a young adult, Cody. He stood in front of him and said, you know what? I know you got all your stuff. You got your newest, greatest, coolest weapon. But I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And today, you and me, we're going to have a Bible study. No, what did David say? David said, I'm cutting your head off. He, didn't, he could have just said, I'm going to end your life. He could have said, I'm just, going, I'm just going to take you out. But no, I'm cutting your head off. <laughs> See, we don't, we don't think like this today because we're people of love. And, you know, we're, we got, you know Jesus is merciful and graceful. And he loves 100%. He is all of those things. But make no mistake. There is a day coming very soon when the judgment of God, and I believe the shaking that is taking place that Haggai talked about is unfolding right now. Not just a shaking on the planet, but I'm talking about a shaking within the church. So don't get hung up on things. 
Let me show you something real quick. Y'all okay? BJ's here, so I got to get done. I, I know I didn't get much today, but <clears throat> I want you to listen to the words of David here. Psalm 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass. What's that mean? Don't worry. He said, don't worry about them. Then he says this in verse 3. Trust in the Lord. Do good. Dwell in the land. That means occupy. Be who God called you to be. Feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. He goes on to say, commit your way to him and he'll trust in him and he'll bring it to pass. He'll bring forth your righteousness like the light. See, this is the thing that you and I have to understand about being the seed of Abraham. See, this is what, you know, God reminds us of repeatedly in the New Testament. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians says, those of, those of you that are in Christ, you are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. So you need to know what the promise of Abraham is since you're an heir of the promise. But most of us, we don't have a clue what that stuff is. This is part of it right here. When you begin to trust in the Lord, don't get hung up on stuff going on around you. We live in a fallen, dark world. There's always going to be evil. There's always going to be bad stuff that goes on. From the beginning, from the fall of man, bad stuff took place. And this is why God had to establish a covenant with people. You understand a covenant? A covenant is simply an alliance. It's a, it's a treaty. It's a pledge. It's an agreement. It's an arrangement, a contract. It's a constitution. It's a testament. God has made this covenant with us. And God had, he had to set his creation up this way because, you all, because of free will. You get to pick or you get to reject. You can reject God. Guys, there is a hell to miss. I know some of you all live like, ah, oh, well, you know, I got another day. I'm okay. I'm okay. God's merciful. God loves me. You know, I love God. Okay. Like I said in the beginning, you love God, you obey Him. See, in a covenant, both parties are committed to their agreement. Huh? It's, it's, God compares His covenant, covenant to a marriage. You look at marriage. In a marriage, now I'm talking about a marriage under God. I'm not talking about some worldly, any, I, I watch people in the church, I, I mean, they get married left and right. I know people, this is the craziest thing. <clears throat> Andy, I know people, they'll go online and get ordained just so they can marry somebody. That's not married under God. That's just, that's just a legality that we've done, that our nation has allowed for people to do. There is only one way that marriage works under God. You understand that? And in a marriage, what's mine is his. I should say it like this. What's mine is hers. Huh? And what's hers is mine. That's covenant. That's God covenant marriage. All, the, all that is his is mine. All that's mine. We can't, we can't really say that though, can we? We love saying all that's God's and all that, all that God has is mine, but we, we, we can't really say all that, that's mine is his. 
can we? I mean, I know we want to, but can't, all you got to do is bring your checkbook and we'll find out real quick. Huh? We'll find out what's what. What's that got to do with anything? Well, it's got a lot to do with anything. First thing Abraham did when he got his victory was give a tithe to the Lord. All that's mine is his. Huh? Yeah. Here's, here, here's the deal with this, guys. It comes down. I got to get you out of here with this. We'll get, we'll get back into it next week. Boy, I really didn't get into this much. Y'all listen good, or I ramble bad. I don't know which one it is. But at the end of the day, when it comes to covenant, you know what it comes down to? It comes down to a heart thing. The prophet Samuel said, don't look on the outward, but look inside, because God sees the heart of a man. See, God had actually called King Saul to be the first king of Israel. Now, they, God didn't want Israel to have a king, but once again, they're hard-headed people. Y'all ever met hard-headed people? And so Israel said, God, we want a king. We want to be like the rest of the world. God said, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. I just read to you in Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. They wanted a king, so he said, here you go, you get a king. So they get Saul, and Saul blows it. And Saul gets taken, taken out. And God brings in David. And David is the line of Abraham. It's interesting how God will work sometimes, how he'll move somebody else out of the way. But his point was this. The prophet Samuel said, guys, don't look at how fancy and how good looking and how tall and I mean, Saul, he had all that, you know, 6'8 and all that. You know, he said, don't look at none of that. David was short and ruddy. I don't know what ruddy means, but he was he wasn't, you know, probably like me, I guess. Maybe even dumpling. Huh? God looks at the heart of a person. And when it comes to covenant, it starts at the heart. When you begin to discover how to walk out the Abraham covenant that you are the heir of, your circle of influence is going to change. Your impact in your break room, on your school campus, in your community, at the checkout line, in your own house is going to change when you begin with confidence of a humble heart, embrace who you are as the seed of Abraham. And you begin to exercise those truths because we are living in a time when people, all they, all they need is to see some truth because Jesus said truth will make you free. Just tell them truth. That's why we want all kinds of people coming through our doors because they're going to get truth here may not like it, but truth will make you free. And when you pillow your head at night, truth will go to work. Should you be willing to be one of his? Yeah? What do you think? Y'all okay with this talk? All right, I, I got a good Christmas message. I can bring that one if you want. I think we need this. For, is this okay? Because, I mean, I can change it if you don't like it. I probably won't, but I'm just being, I'm being otherly, as my wife says. But here's the thing. You must understand the days we're living in, light gets brighter as the darkness begins to show up. Why is the darkness showing up? I know some people think the darkness is showing up more because 
there's not enough believers, the enemy's wreaking havoc. He's no, no, none of those things. The darkness is showing up because the pressures of the kingdom of heaven are coming down. Father, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And as the kingdom of God and the pressures of the kingdom begin to manifest, it's squeezing out and it's forcing, you know, it's forcing all the junk out. It's forcing all the, all the roaches and all the bugs out. And all that stuff's coming to the surface because the pressures of the kingdom of heaven are manifesting on the earth. That's why it's showing up the way it is. And that's why you and I need to embrace and know who we are. So having done all to stand, you know how to stand. Amen? That being said, step one, you've got to be the seed of Abraham. You've got to, according to Romans, believe in your heart that Jesus came to the planet, that he died on this earth, that he rose from the grave, and he's alive today. You believe it, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you will be saved. It's that simple. So whether you're in the room or you're listening or watching, today's your day. We've made it very simple. As a church, we're going to say this really simple prayer. Say it with us. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Church, let's, let's do this together. If this is you watching or in the room, pray the prayer with us. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. From this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room, stop by our information desk so we can help you with your journey of faith. Those of you listening or watching, you got to tell somebody, right? Now, here's the thing, guys. This is, this is key for you all today. When you leave here and you do your homework, anybody going to do their homework? A couple of you, okay. I know some of y'all won't even raise your hand, man. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm already in a Bible study. Well, I guess the Holy Spirit doesn't know you need anything, man, when he brought this up because you got it. When you do your homework and God begins to show you stuff, huh? it's at that point that you have an opportunity to be an expression, to set the standard, to be the example, to share the gospel with somebody. My encouragement to you today, it's, it's time for a little boldness in the body of Christ. Okay? Y'all okay with this? It's time for you to embrace who you are and be like David. I know you got all your stuff. I know that you look good. You look, and I, I, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord today. And I'm bringing truth to you. And you're going to bring it in love, right? You're not going to be like David. We're not cutting anybody's head off. Right? Other than the devil. And my, my co-worker, I'd like to. I'd like to get them. No, no, no. You, you leave the getting to God, okay? The vengeance of the Lord is a real deal. That's why you can't get mad at people. God's got you. Huh? That's why he said don't be torp when evil stuff goes on because they'll soon be cut down like grass. You get up one day like, where's all that, where's that, where's that, where was that jerk at that used to harass me on the job? Oh, he gone. He got cut down like grass. God took him out. Huh? <laughs> Listen, I'll get to preaching again. I love you all. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.